Hey, everybody. Welcome to that podcast. Uh, I'm Pastor DJ Laura, and with me, as always, is Sarah DeYoung, Dana Mashevsky, and Pastor Mark Soljum. How is everybody? Woo-hoo. I literally was sitting here going, oh no, do I have to do the intro? <laughs> You're in the chair. You're in the like, chair. I'm sitting here, what do I do? I, I was waiting for you to go and you didn't. <laughs> you, needed, so. you needed to give us a riveting opening. Yeah, I was like, oh, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, this is uh, uh, kind of fun in that uh, we don't have Ryan holding us back mm-hmm. for a change. So Wow. <laughs> Cats away, the Wait mice will play. Is that the sound of the bus rolling <laughs> over, Ryan? Beep, beep. Oh, Ryan. it's coming back to do it don't, again. Don't worry, Ryan. We'll help you get that knife out of your back when you get back. <laughs> well, now that he's not here, uh, Sarah, we can we can talk all kinds of stuff about him. Mm-hmm. It's not like he listens to that podcast. Well, so. no. Definitely not. Not at all. <laughs> Well, we miss you, Ryan. We hope you uh, are back soon because the show was nothing without you. But we're going to move forward anyway. Um, And uh, we have some questions to get into if we want to. But I'm just kind of wondering, like, uh, what's everybody up to? How's life? What's going on? It's May. End of May. Mid-May. What day is it? (laughs) May 12th. Mid-May. As we're recording. As we're recording. May 12th. Yeah. That's mid-May. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Almost summer. Ryan told me a neat thing that happened at Confirmation Wednesday, not yesterday, but the week before. The week before happened to be the 4th of May. And f- when he was doing his announcements, it's he said It's kind says, of a special day, you know. It, it really is. And it was special in this way in that he said to all of them, may the 4th be with you. And the Confirmation students responded, and also, also with you. you. Ah, very yes. nice. So Wonderful. they get a they get a stamp in their Lutheran book. Yep. <laughs> well, and uh, I'd add to their Star Wars book too. <laughs> yeah. I'd, I'd, yeah. I'd take both. Yeah, you know, every day on May the fourth, or every every year on May the fourth, <laughs> yeah. uh, we celebrate in my household by uh, turning on as many screens, playing different Star Wars movies as we ca- as we can at the same time. Oh. Yeah, just get it all so done. You can just like one yeah, you can just you can just hit. walk through the house and go, <laughs> oh, they're at that scene, and then you're in the kitchen doing something. Oh, they're at that scene. So we had we had uh, uh, all three of them. All three of them going. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Yep, plus the Star Wars special. <laughs> well, you got to have all the good content. The good content. Yeah. You did, yeah, you I'm you still in a little Ewoks bit of... movie, Battle for Endor? No, no, I haven't seen that since the 80s, but... Uh, I don't think anyone's seen it. Probably not. I think it's on Disney Plus if one is so uh, uh, torturing themselves. If you want to yes. take a deep dive. Yeah, yeah. I'm of a personal opinion that... that uh, uh, Star Wars, Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi are the canon. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I will Everything include. Else is, is really good fan fiction. Uh, it is some great fan fiction. I, I will go so far as to include Clone Wars and and Rebels. Ooh, I think Clone those, Wars is good. Isn't yeah. there a Lego Star Wars movie? Um, there's some Lego there's Star specials. Wars stuff. Okay. Yeah, there's a special or something. But. The game is excellent. Yeah, the, the, the Lego, Lego Star games Wars usually game are. Yeah, yeah. That's that's not why we're here. No. We were talking about what's going on. Hey, I will say that it is May, and we are now on the uh, on the cusp of having two uh, graduate high school graduates in my house. We are not Ooh. far away from graduating my second. Well, hold on a second. Son, so you my, and Sarah did son. not graduate high school. Is that what you're saying, uh, Doctor? I, S I will and neither confirm Reverend nor deny that. He <laughs> 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 lied on your transcript. Yep. <laughs> Two uh, two high school children in our house. No, they're not children. Two of our children graduating. So yeah, That's that great. just leaves one family member left to go through. So very exciting. He's uh, picked a college and and is preparing for that. Uh, but uh, I always forget how much work senior year is. Um, 
and uh, he is not. I think he's out of class more than he's in it uh, in yeah. the spring semester. Like, oh, we've got this trip and that trip, and there's these finals mm-hmm. and there's AP tests and all sorts yeah. of stuff. So, so it, when I was a kid, I remember that school got out before June 1st in North Dakota. Is that still the case? Yeah. It does. So, so like, mm-hmm. before June 1st, all the schools will be done? Yep. Okay. When do the seniors end the school year the same time as everyone else or are they done like a week early when i graduated we were done three days early because we didn't have to take finals right oh so we did our like finals day which was like three days we didn't have to be there so we were done like i think we were done on friday when everybody else was done the following wednesday okay okay um i graduated from a high school near seattle and i think our last day of school was like june 15th Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, wow. yeah. Wow. yeah. But we didn't well, we didn't start in early August either. My, though my kids uh, attend Moorhead uh, schools, and they normally go a little bit after Fargo, but mm-hmm. uh, because of construction, I believe this year they are done um, only a day after Fargo. How do you feel about that construction, Sarah? I live two blocks ish <laughs> from the viaduct. Oh, and would you like to know the newest form of torture is the soft ping? That's always there, but not loud enough to be like a nuisance, just enough to get on your nerves of ping, ping, ping. <laughs> they're doing the rebar bro. Yes. Right? Yeah. Well, that's lovely. I spend so, a lot of time in headphones. So so do you mean that they're actually riveting? Oh. <laughs> they're doing something, wow. and I hope it involves <laughs> finishing this project soon. <laughs> that project has been 80% completed now for about a year. Yeah. Yeah. So and I think they I got think three I, years to go. This is the sad part is that used to be the like prime way because I went to MSUM, so yep. right there. Easiest way to get to I Target. I never took that way. I always took that way to get to Target on 20th. Never. No. Oh. I couldn't tell you how to get to Target to for to like highway ten from twentieth anymore. Like don't remember. <laughs> well and it, so it you, is a little it's a major intersection in the city of Moorhead. It's very confusing and it's been closed for a long time. Mm-hmm. So well, and if you didn't go that way, open. Dana, how did you get to Target? She went to the one in Fargo. Oh. <laughs> no, so I would to get Hop over on the there, interstate, yep. go, go west. I would, what is it? So there's 8th, because I mm-hmm. lived south of the interstate, so 8th was the easiest way. Otherwise. Oh, you went like 8th to center? Yep, or interstate, or going. Oh. The back way, like 34th? Yeah, you like were just 30. standing on the street going, Target, yep. Target. <laughs> Anybody want to take me to Target? <laughs> Had your thumb out. Yep. Yeah, I never. Like, Target, please. I think Carla would always take 20th oh, yeah. to get to school. And I was like, mm-hmm. where are we going? Like, what's. The first time you take 20th like, why to get to MSUM, it's like, yep. And, and this is how I'm being taken somewhere to die. Perfect. Yeah. It's scary. Because I was also never on that side of campus. Yeah. So I was like, why do I that, have to be that over is, here? Uh, that is not scary. <laughs> uh, there are many more places on this earth that are scarier than that street. So. I, I, well, look, I this is I have a mental block of some kind because I I cannot tell direction in Moorhead. I get into Moorhead, I don't know where I'm going. If it, I don't know how I ever got around there before there was phones with GPS built right in them. I don't know why. I don't know what it is about Moorhead. I don't know if it's like I just get a brain fog it's when the I the whole it's grid it. system, right? Yeah, it's actually the trolls that live in the potholes. Yeah. They just suck your memory. Is that it? Yep. But I don't understand okay. is why. It feels like it's easier to get lost in Moorhead when it's like 
a fraction of this. Exactly. Like, how well, that's what I mean. It's lost. like, it's complete. What, what I'm like saying, four streets. what I'm saying is completely illogical. It doesn't make sense, but there's something about Moorhead. Whenever mm-hmm. I've got, you have the, you have like the two main roads to get into Moorhead. And if you leave those in some way, plus the fact that when you're on, um, uh, the main strip going north and south, it like crisscrosses by the interstate by, oh, by they're 94. They're which, if you've never done it before, is terrifying until you do it. And then it's like, oh, this makes sense. Mm-hmm. The first time you should do it should never be in the dark. No. no. <laughs> Very terrifying when suddenly there are headlights coming at you. You're I'm like, on I'm the left side of the road. Wait, I'm on the right side of the road. You know, oh, you've, okay. you've lived in a big city before. <laughs> Morehead is, is not no. a big city. Morehead DJ, you also had a very millennial city. moment of how do people get around before GPSs? Because I said that at work the other week because I work in Grand Forks and there's flooding everywhere. And yeah. everybody now is 25 years since the 97 flood and talking about that and talking about how like, oh, and we had to evacuate. We had to go, you'd go this way a little bit. And then, oh, that road's closed. So we'll just take a left and go this way. I'm like, how do people figure that? Uh, my <laughs> mind can't comprehend how people figure that out also, without Also, Grand maps. Forks is unusually confusing yeah you, you know there's d- also only four streets in that town i know two of them <laughs> they have done turned s- the wrong way and suddenly you're in an open field yeah. Like, yeah. what happened that happens in those size cities <laughs> yeah there's been studies on on the brains of uh cab drivers in in london mm-hmm. uh sort of before and after they become a cabbie because they have to memorize like yeah. the entire london City. thing because yeah. they can't use gps they're supposed to have it memorized right and they've done like MRIs of their brains before and afterwards. And like certain parts of their brains have expanded to adjust for this knowledge. So I think you just haven't exercised that muscle. That could be. I, 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 think it, I think it's possible and it's within you, Sarah, yes. to like, you know, look at a map and figure that out. So this is actually a really in- interesting point that you're making in um, when we think about how we communicate anything prior to there being. Who is this a segue? Yeah, no, it's just a okay. I'm adding on with a nice, neat little factoid. Oh, factoid. Okay, DJ's I thought you should have like a. Oh, okay, I thought you should have like a segue noise. <laughs> oh, and there's the segue. Star wipe. <laughs> Star wipe's the only way to go. <laughs> the more you know. No. That's right. No, the um, we know how the Bible became the Bible, um, because of oral tradition and how story. And detail can be passed on orally if that's your primary mode of, of understanding. Our brains take that all in. And it's incredibly consistent in all cultures prior to a written form of being able to pass on those stories. Once it went into written form, then it becomes harder to hold on to those stories because you're mm-hmm. not engrossed in them. And I think you were telling me about this, Mark, something about... Um, the internet and having having this source of all kinds of knowledge that our brain will choose not to remember certain things because mm. uh, mm-hmm. yep. it's more efficient just to be like well, I can just look because you know I can just look that up yep so I don't need to hold that and that's how I think it is post GPS like pre GPS I I traveled when I was twenty hopped in my car traveled across the country with a map uh, and that's it gasp. Right? And I was able to get along just fine. Granted, large chunks of our country are just basically going straight for about a thousand miles, but you well, know. the interstate system is sort of nice. Yeah, like, it is. Like sign says go that way. Okay. Right. And yeah. if you can read signs, you know, they'll tell you if you're aiming for a place every seven miles. 
which is incredibly annoying when you're driving across North Dakota trying mm. to get Ooh. back to Fargo after driving through Montana. Every seven <laughs> miles, Fargo, 420 miles, 413 miles, 406 miles, 409 the, miles. Then it's the excitement of, oh, only 398. <laughs> <laughs> I love coming back like from the cities and watching it alternate between Moorhead and Fargo. Yes. yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> The two mile difference it, that you get. It depends Just on, in case you forgot. They, they put Bob and Larry on that task, and Bob would do the Moorhead ones, and Larry did the Fargo ones, and they just couldn't agree. So, every other sign. You, you know, though, uh, your brain does remember things. Uh, think about song lyrics and how, like, uh, somebody will say something and a song lyric will pop into my head from the 80s that I, yeah. you know. Yeah, like, but I oh, can't I, remember my drive home. True. So, yeah, yeah, it's just weird things that you sort of file like your away. Your brain just goes. Not not important. <laughs> I got this. Autopilot, yeah. <laughs> but then, yes, I can remember. Like if I said, if I said, whoa, what would you do? Living on a Yeah, we're halfway there. Yeah, exactly. So. My son loves the final countdown. Hey, I what was is so it about that? What For is it about that? Second. People all of a sudden, like, that has come around again, too. <laughs> My kid will go, how about a little ocean? <laughs> All right, no, Europe. A little Europe. A little Europe. Like They're one song. They're one song. Yeah. One hit wonder. For yeah. a second, I thought you were going to say, my son is really into Bon Jovi right now. I was like, that's a very interesting <laughs> music choice for what, a seven-year-old? Well, you know what? I don't know how often he's yeah, listening no to way. Living on a Prayer, but there are enough, I think, YouTube videos that use the final countdown True. for the things that are his age-appropriate stuff. That he's he's digging it. Mm -hmm. yeah, that, that's his jam right now. It's well, a, and didn't there was down. like a, a, a advertising push with that for a while too, wasn't yeah, there? Where probably. they the mm -hmm. guy was using the microwave or something, and it was counting oh, down, yeah. and they had oh. they had Europe there playing that. Mm -hmm. But no one no one watches TV anymore. So where are they getting this information? I mean, it just it, it has to be YouTube. Hulu. Kids are really into Hulu these days. Are they really into yeah. Hulu? <laughs> Not my kids. We don't Sarah, have it. You, so. you, I, here's your old person card, Sarah. I, I said this the other day because we, we have a new flock of interns. Kids are really into Hulu these days. <laughs> we have a new what flock of know? interns, and they said, they're like, oh, you need to watch this. You need to watch that. I'm like, what's on there? They said, Hulu. Why would I pay money for a service with commercials? Right. Pointless. I love it. <laughs> when I was a kid, we paid Back for no ads. That's wonderful. We used to watch I'm Netflix old. when there was no ads. <laughs> and they had good movies. See, but I'm older than you. And I'm like, Sarah. Yeah. I'm old. <laughs> There's the rhyme. We used to out. walk uphill both ways to watch Hulu. <laughs> to watch things with commercial on TV. <laughs> well, and had, we liked it. We only had four channels and we liked it. Back in my day, news only came on twice a day. In the morning, they'd say, here's the stuff you need to know. Then they leave you alone till the evening, and then they'll say, no new stuff, see you tomorrow. 24-7. <laughs> Looks like snow again. <laughs> it's going to be cold. <laughs> More snow coming your way there. Yeah. So okay. do you guys ever find yourself becoming, uh, based on that conversation, um, uh, acts, uh Accent deaf. Like, do you know, do you notice the accent of the people around yes. you because we all speak, we all have the same accent. I feel like I notice it more 
specifically with, I have some friends who live in very, I call it remote North Dakota. So Devil's Lake. I was going to say, I was going to say Cooperstown. I, I, I know. Like, to all I of our like Devil's what, Lake listeners, I'd so like to sorry. apologize for Sarah's comments. We do value you. But they, I, they it's have a, a specifically thick accent. Sure. And that's where I notice it most. Well, I've, I, I know that I'm comfortably back in Fargo now because I don't hear our accent anymore. When I lived in the South, all the only accent I heard was my own because I was so used to the Southern accent. Well, we went to a soccer game. Well, bless your heart. Oh, <laughs> bless his heart. Bless his heart. We went to a soccer game and, and the announcer had such a thick Scandinavian brogue that I'm like, Oh, I'm in Fargo. I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> it warmed my heart. It was like it was like what a is coming it? Is home. It like thing. goal. Oh, yeah, goal. Yeah, Instead yeah. Of, you, uh, coming in now, number fourteen, Tanya Gunderson. <laughs> <laughs> All for fun. Let's 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 do this now. Yeah, get, it, I feel like get yourself out on the field. Here we go yeah. then. <laughs> no. All I can think of is our athletic director in high school. I went to Washington High School in Sioux Falls. Washington Warriors. Washington. Washington Warriors. Everything. If you are part of a different part of the country (laughs) and you have a different accent, you should, you know, give us a sample uh, in the comments section. that would be wonderful. We'd love to hear it. Yeah. Yeah. And understand, we're not making fun of you. We're making fun of us. Mm Mm-hmm. Because we're the ones with the weird accents. We're the ones with the weird accents, according think to we don't Hollywood. Have one. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Until yeah. they say there's a boat show at the Fargo Dome. <laughs> Dana's thinking about it. <laughs> come come yeah. to the come to the boat show. Come to the boat show. I, yeah. At the Fargo Dome. No. <laughs> <laughs> we do have a history of long O's. Yeah. Yes. Well, the best is when someone, especially if of, you're from Minnesota, if something is happening in North Dakota in a different part of the country, the way they say North Dakota, you're like, yeah, they're not from here. Yeah. Because a local North Dakota, like North like, Dakota, North, North, North there's Dakota. A, Dakota. There's a TikToker that I follow that like does state impersonations and he did Minnesota the oh. other day. And I was like, was it right on? No. Oh no. Like parts of it was that I was like, <clears throat> he knows what he's doing, but like he tried to say Ludafisk. And he said it wrong, and I was like, "No, nope, <laughs> you ruined right. it." It's kind of like like the Fargo movie or the Far- Fargo TV show. It's like it it's satirized. It's close enough that for the local, it's like, yeah, okay, that's kind of funny. But it's satirized enough that it's like we don't actually sound like that. And then everybody's like, "Why don't you sound like that?" Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I think I notice most of the people talk fast. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what I notice. It's uh, like when someone talks slow, <clears throat> I'm like, "Go to the south." <laughs> Go to I the can't. South. It, made, it made me annoyed. I'm like, get to your point. <laughs> it's like, let's where's, go. Where's the 1.5 speed <laughs> yeah. that you can put them on? It, sometimes it feels like talking you? to the sloth in Zootopia. Yeah. They're like, oh, okay. And you're like, oh my goodness. Hurry up. Let Make your point. me <laughs> see. And all of a sudden people turn this to four speed and now we sound like the chipmunks. Mm, yep. <laughs> Emily has been going to school near, my daughter has been going to school near Wisconsin and there's some Wisconsin, you know, students there. And so she'll often tell me how they, they speak things differently than we do. Mm -hmm. It's just enough to be noticeable. So just enough to be slightly off. Mm -hmm. They've got their own, their own, uh, Wisconsin Wisconsin thing going on. Well, and now here's a good segue. Speaking of Wisconsin. (laughs) (laughs) How do you know what is right or wrong? 
for a quick second, I was going to say, where do you put the G in Wisconsin? Hmm? That's how you know somebody's from Wisconsin is where they put the G in Wisconsin. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. To both our Devil's Lake and Wisconsin <laughs> listeners, we apologize in advance for any goofiness. No, yeah. I'm uh, kind of the deeper question is something to think about. I had this conversation with our high schoolers last week. <clears throat> and so I had this list of questions that are kind of like deep thoughts questions. And so the first question is, how do you know what is right or wrong? And so just to kind of take a step back, have you ever thought about that? Like, like, how do you know that something's right? And how do you know that something's wrong? Sarah? Morals and values. Morals and values? So, like, like what? where do you get your morals and values? Like, where do they come from? Uh, partially my faith. Partially how I was raised. So there's, there are things that are, you know, globally right or wrong. But then also, like, putting butter on a peanut butter sandwich. <laughs> I might lean a little bit more towards wrong. More, it's it's morally I'm ambiguous. Gonna, I'm yep. going to side with you on that one. I was like, what are you even talking about? It's sacrilegious. So, no. Don't need two spreads on that there piece of bread. <laughs> Back away from the bread. I was like, you already have one form of butter, buddy. You need two. <clears throat> so good. So good. Uh, the, well, then you got to add the jam. And then if you're really crazy, you put some bananas on there. And then you got something. Now we're in the now we're in the wrong category. (laughs) We've officially shifted the meter. So uh, so uh, values, morals, how you were raised, your faith—I mean, Mm -hmm. all of that plays into what is right or wrong. It's the reason I ask this question is when I was um, my first psychology teacher asked this question to us the first day of school. Uh, Not worded this way. This was the question: Is it wrong? To throw babies up in the air and catch them on pitchforks. Go. Well, the pointy what, end. Yeah, or? Like, how are we catching them? <laughs> like, a, like a basket <laughs> with them? I'm going to side with Dana on this cool. one. Well, you, you, you mentioned like there are things I'm, that are globally was, right or wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And the point that he was making is that everyone everywhere would agree that's wrong. Yeah. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's yeah, what yes, I agree. Yes, yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. Yes. Well, even your answers are like, how do we catch the baby without actually skewering it? Yeah. Because so, oh, okay. immediately my brain went, so we're just going to skewer them? <laughs> just and then I was like, wait, you don't have to. You can, like, you can catch them <laughs> yeah. if you're really good. Yeah. Cabbage Patch Kids or real kids? Yeah. <laughs> uh, that. So almost immediately we begin to try to justify how to do this this hypothetical task without actually bringing harm. All three of you did that. Mm-hmm. So that would be an example of something that is universally wrong. And so the question is, why? Like, how do you know that's wrong? What is it about that that's wrong universally? And I, I think you pointed to, to some good things. You, you mentioned my morals, my faith, and how I was raised. So the community as a whole that you grew up in has defined this as as wrong, wrong to do that. I don't remember this specifically coming up. Uh, like, you know, there was the mom teaches you certain things, right? Mm-hmm. Part of your right and wrong compass comes from, from mom and dad. But I don't remember the pitchfork thing specifically <laughs> coming up. 
<laughs> well, maybe it was an ambi- ambiguous question. Yeah, to if my you're psychology out in teacher. the farm. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, it, his ar- argument was every culture everywhere agrees with that. Now I would say, okay, the way he put it, yes, but. Well, at, you know, um, that's interesting because I was going to argue that, that uh, maybe at different times in the history um, that certain things like that wouldn't have been gotten the same reaction that it got from us. Right. Well, yes, except for... Like ancient Rome practice. Ancient Rome of throwing the baby into the... Yeah, get rid of the baby if it had a defect. Exactly. But even there, I wonder if they'd be like, "Eh, you know, I don't want to throw the baby in the dumpster. I'm just going to throw it up in the air and stab it. With a pitchfork. That would have been been culturally uh, a faux pas. It would Mm, fall into the... You you can throw the baby away. Maybe we're losing the... uh, forest through the trees well and and so i mean it's it's just it's how do we discover what is right and wrong and are there things that are universally right or universally wrong right um and and this is important when thinking through any type of issues that we're going through and that's what i was sharing with the with the teens you know a, a good example is the argument over uh, in our culture right now about the the practice of abortion now there's some people that are very much of the opinion that <clears throat> abortion is a right, it's a it's a it's a right, fundamental right, uh, of choice for the woman, and should not be infringed upon at all. And there's others who who would say it's 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 morally evil, and you should not uh, go on abortion. And a lot of people will be in the middle to say, well, there there needs to be a point where this goes from being a a, a possible medical practice to where the pregnancy becomes a person and that that taking someone's life is wrong um, <clears throat> and is universally the the kind of the the standard for all the laws that we have well it begins with this question how do you know what is right or wrong and digging in deeper to come to your how do you come to your conclusion um, what matters to you what's valuable to you um, a, a lot of times it seems like it's a tension between what gives life and what gives liberty and and who is receiving these things um, and I like to think that a lot of our laws our rules our our assumptions about right or wrong fall into those two categories um, and if you get one that gives both life and liberty then usually that's a good that we can all agree on so your your community your um, um, how you were raised, <clears throat> and your faith. Can you speak a little bit to that? What does your faith teach you about right and wrong? <laughs> this is my roundabout answer to this. <laughs> uh, in, like, very beginnings of life groups, uh, three, four years ago, something like that, we were talking about what's right or wrong. And I always find it kind of ironic that the fir- like the Bill of Rights kind of similar to like the 10 commandments mm-hmm. like you know you, you don't want to kill people <gasps> yep you don't want to cause harm you want to respect people right you know so is that round enough around your question yeah, no, to no, avoid no. it I, I don't think it's i, I think <laughs> I, I think you're right on because um what we're talking about is that all of us have a, a worldview a lens by which we experience everything right mm-hmm. um there is right now, along with the issue of abortion, all the things that we get separated on on society start from a, a specific worldview. <clears throat> and the worldview that comes out of Christianity 
defines rights as as something given by God to you that's natural. Whereas the culture, um, separate from a, a worldview that includes God in it, or or the Christian version of God, would speak that rights are not <clears throat> natural per se. Rights are given by the government as freedoms that are fundamental. And and so wh- what is the danger is that, well, the government may take away those rights or, um, or, or you know, something else is going to happen where I'm not going to have my rights. From the Christian worldview, rights are given by God, and so they're natural. And so when you look at the Bill of Rights, each one of them you have before anyone said anything about it. Like <clears throat> the right to... W- w- right to free expression, the First mm-hmm. first Amendment. Mm-hmm. Why do you have the right to speak? Have you ever thought about that? Because you can speak. No, mm-hmm. it, Someone has to take it away from you for it to not be there. Okay? Um, the right to bear arms, Second Amendment. Why do you have that right? Because someone tried to take it away then. Because you have a right to exist. Mm-hmm. You're alive. You're living. Therefore... Um, you have a right to defend that because that's the whole purpose of the right to bear arms. It's not about hunting or sporting or anything like that. It's about being able to defend yourself. Um, and you can go down the entire Bill of Rights, and, and that happens over and over again about these, these fundamental rights. And the purpose of them in the law is that it's saying that the government cannot take these from you. The, the job mm-hmm. of the government is to protect them. And so... You know what the Bill of Rights do, does is it says government you can't take these and you can't take them because they're here naturally. You don't have the authority to give them to us, and that's true. All the government really has the the power to do is if it became tyrannical, it could take them away. Well, where do the rights come from? The entire um, uh, founding documents in the United States have as their their core common law from Britain as well as, you know, events of the Enlightenment and, and rationalism are all embedded in there, but the largest influence is the Bible and the Ten Commandments um, as, as the starting moral point of what is right and wrong and how we're to live our lives. And so that's embedded into who you are and what you've been raised to be through your faith and through your community and all that stuff. Well, and I, I think it's important to... Um, you know, Eastern Eastern cultures have a certain sense of this too, but it's a little bit differently. Right. Um, there, you'd go to Taoism mm-hmm. um, or or Confucianism. Mm-hmm. Yep. But like the the Judeo Christian understanding of um, of each person being created in the image of God. Um, is sort of a founding principle yep. that has sort of uh, that the West has marinated in, that yep. Christian cultures have marinated in, not just the West, but Christian cultures have have marinated in that, and so it affects the thinking. So why is it wrong to skewer a baby with a pitchfork, even though that uh, you know it sounds horrific for us, but it's because we have a sense that 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 child has worth and it's created in the image of God. Yep, and as we would say in the United States, I mean, uh, it, it's it's difficult to to grasp every right as you know inalienable from God. I mean, that's what you get from the Bill of Rights. 
But in, in the, the Declaration of Independence, when it says we're created with certain inalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, it's, it's a, any limitation on those three as we understand them is, falls into the wrong category for probably most Americans that have grown up thinking this way. It's, it's in our DNA. Where, like you said, I mean, if you're from China or, or certain other Asian countries, the, the viewpoint of what is right or wrong may fall into Taoism or Confucianism or, or um, Buddhism, uh, depending on which, which flavor of Buddhism you, are, you have as your grounding. And, and many of the things are the same. I mean, it's about uplifting life. It's about um, balancing freedom and security. But it, but it's different. It's not, it's mm-hmm. not exactly the same. Mm-hmm. Um, I, as, as we were, you and I talked about this, what, what the topic was today before we went in. And so I, I was preparing some things and I found this lovely sort of, um, heads up. Man. Well, he, he, he asked, you guys I, never I, asked. You I came like a minute before I we came for it. Every week. <laughs> I like, I always ask. I uh, <laughs> hey, I gave you guys the cheat sheet a week ago. Okay. So that, okay. I mean, Fine, that's Just because right. I did the homework doesn't mean that. Uh... No, I. Uh, so I. I found um, um, some comparisons of Western thought, um, sort of pre-Christianity emerging in the West, um, during sort of uh, Christendom as we might call it, and now as we're sort of entering a post-Christendom um, phase in the in the West, especially in the United States and Europe. Um, but, uh, the, the one that specifically refers to this, uh, you know, before Christianity, individuals were really unimportant. It was the clan or the tribe that mattered. So it was sort of the, like, well, uh, uh, you know, we don't really care about just you. We have to survive, uh, as a clan. And so they submitted to, um, the clan as, as the, the most important bit. And then Christianity, uh, influenced that by all individuals are created in God's image. They all have dignity and they deserve help and respect. And so you get inherent worth in each person. Yeah. And, and, uh, you can see that changing throughout the West. The Roman empire has, uh, you know, uh, early on, they came up with a welfare system. Um, the infanticide that was going on, you know, stopped. Uh, so you see that coming through there. And now the interesting one is that, as our culture moves away from that, um, you get sort of individuals are supremely important. So now, not just are individuals important and they have dignity, but now it's it's primarily about the individual and their expression should never be questioned. Mm-hmm. You know, even when it's detrimental to the group. So it, it's sort of like the it came, it started on the left and there was a center point and now it's flown past mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. So instead of... Individuals are important, uh, but we still have a, a respect uh, of the group and, and, and working together now. The individual is the most important thing. Something also that I, th- I find just fascinating about that is that um, what you had post-Christian um, emergence in the West, you know, you had, you had the pagan Romans that were very... Um, diverse really um as far as 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 beliefs and ideas mm-hmm. uh they were very stratified as far as class is concerned um your 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 inherent value under that worldview 
<clears throat> of diversity of, of belief and opinion and all this stuff uh, is that your, your value only comes in uh, what you are worth to someone who is in charge of you. So, you know, the vast, vast, vast majority of the population of Rome were slaves. Mm-hmm. And the free people were put into caste systems. And the higher you were cl- class-wise, the more important you were. Um, and, and the value of those underneath were just, their value was as good as the next caste class considered them. So if I was a, a, a rich landowner, then the artisan locally who made art that I really liked, <clears throat> if they had my blessing, that, that increased their value in the community. If I didn't like their art, it decreased their value in the community. So there was someone you were always answering to. But then after they die, their art becomes worth far more than they could ever imagine. <laughs> if you strike me down, I'll become far yes, more powerful exactly. than you could ever imagine. So, um, there are still parts of the world where uh, there is a caste system absolutely. like that. Uh, yeah. You know, in India has a caste system and, and uh, you know, where you are in that. Um, and I, um, I mean, I'm not... A, an expert on Indian culture, but I, I think probably more so in the rural areas that, you know, where, where you are in that system values, whether you're, uh, you know, uh, have value or not to the society. Exactly. I would say it probably still even like inside of castes there, it's your social circle. If you're a celebrity, uh, whoever, if you're a billionaire, millionaire, whatever, you're seen as a higher value than mm-hmm. somebody else who is just a common Joe Schmo on well, the street. So you're saying if you have have ridden in a capsule to the edge of space and come back down, you have a higher value? Is that what you're saying? I mean, I wouldn't personally say that, but some might. Some might. <laughs> you know, I I want to I want to short circuit your your train just a little bit here. Yeah, I forgot where I was going. In uh, okay. <laughs> Good job. Well, I I mean, what we're talking about here is is oh, I remember now. Uh, Worldview and and how, um, but but I wanted to specifically say that we don't realize this so much, but or we think it's not. But the culture that we exist in and um, live and swim in every day affects how we see things. Yep. Um, and the the interesting thing is that that uh, we think that we're independent and we're free, but we're in this all the time, and so it. It affects how we think about things. It affects what we think about uh, how to treat infants. You know, it, it, all of this sort of reflects upon us. And, um, and especially now, um, we think, well, we're independent and, and we're free of this, but we're actually a slave to that culture that we're in. And we don't realize it so much. You know, uh, the, the movies that we, the media that we consume, the movies that we see, the, the music that we listen to all influences our thinking. Yeah. Um, and um, the problem right now is that if you uh, if you anchor up to the or if you latch onto the culture, the culture has no anchor right now, right. and so it's going to shift this direction. It's going to shift. You can't see this on a podcast, but I'm moving my hands to the left <laughs> and the right to make a point. Um, Thank you for clarifying. That, it yes, makes a lot more sense. Yes, you're gonna. <laughs> it's going to shift to the left and to the right and to the front and to the back. Um, and it's moved and, and you think that you're free within that, but you're actually a slave to that. And so one of the, the, um, the alternate way that, uh, that I would advocate for is Christianity because, um, 
Well, first of all, I believe it's true. Mm-hmm. And I believe that, that the Bible and God's word is a gift from our creator. But more importantly, well, no, that's really important. Don't get me wrong. That's really important. <laughs> um, but addi- also, additionally, um, that gives you an anchor point, right? Yeah. So as the, the sea of culture moves around, uh, you don't find yourself sort of floating about in the ocean, but you have a, a point of reference and a point of anchor. So, you know, what's right and wrong? Uh, for me, the Bible helps lay down what's right and wrong. Um, you know, you got the 10 commandments. You brought that up earlier. You've got, um, Jesus talking about adultery. If you even look at a woman with lust in your heart, you've committed adultery. Uh, You know, you've got some, some boundaries and guidelines. Um, and that gives me, uh, the freedom that I seek. I, I think that's well put, and it, right along with. What I hope I, was I didn't saying, jump straight to the end. But. No, you didn't, and you didn't short circuit me. You just kind of gave it flavor because. Mm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Nothing like a good discussion flavoring. Yeah, yeah I'll tell you what, <laughs> spice it up. Uh, objective truth is what was brought into the the scene with the emergence of Christianity because everything was subjective before then. Mm-hmm. And what, what held the subjective truth in place was uh, the, uh, the tyranny of, of the dictator or the Caesar, the, sure. the, emp- the entire system. Well, and, and if it's, if it's what, what's good, if you're marinating in that culture and right or wrong is what's good for your clan or your group, um, then all sorts of weird things can be justified right. by that, you know, because it's good for us. Maybe it's bad for them, but, right. you know. You had 2,000 years of what we call Christendom where there was objective truth that held certain values to be uh, of of all importance, that, that there is one God, that this God um, cares about you, that you're made in God's image, that you have intrinsic value just as you are, uh, and that there is meaning and purpose in life. Fast forward to the 21st century and in post-modernism, post-Christianity, we've reverted to this idea that there is no objective truth. There's only subjective truths. And truth is in the eye of the beholder. So what is true for Dana may not be true for Sarah. What is true for Mark may not be true for DJ. But the thing about that is, is that for something to be true, it has to be true for everybody. Otherwise, it's not actually truth. It's perspective. Um, let me so, let me ask that question uh, a slightly different way, uh, and I'll 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 pick on, on the ladies here because they can answer this without having thought about it ahead of time. So, oh, like no. an, an honest answer, right? <laughs> right. What what makes a good person? So l- let me let me let me prompt you a little bit. If they're nice in they're- in. Uh, <laughs> In all of the the um, movies, what makes a good person? What makes a what makes a hero? What does the hero do? Helps people. There. DJ's looking at me funny. Maybe it's a tough question. <laughs> well, I was thinking about it as you were saying it, and this is this will make sense to a certain population where it's. I feel like especially now you don't really know off the bat if somebody's a good person or a bad person, but as you kind of get to know them, you kind of like Mm. keep tabs of all. It's kind of a red flag, you know, what you were saying about that, how you were treating this person, what you Mm -hmm. were doing, et cetera. We're like, Oh, you're doing this, the opposite green flag. So you kind of keep this like running tally of like, "Hmm." yep. Yep. 
And then that kind of determines in the long run of you get so many red flags or you get so many green flags. And it's like, um, do I want to continue to like be around them or not? Or do I want to mm-hmm. continue to have like a friendship with them or anything right. like that? L- let me ask, uh, that's a good answer. I'm, uh, um, let me ask in, in the, in the, uh, Huge cultural movie. Okay, so this is a hugely culturally influencing movie. The Lego movie. Got no, it. No, 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 that's that's a good one though. Oh, okay. Um, um, uh, Frozen. Is awesome. oh, Frozen. What is uh, so? Who's the who's the main sort of hero of Frozen? Olaf. Oh. Yeah, Olaf. <laughs> Elsa. In summer. Elsa. Oh, look, what what Ben-Pale. is what is Elsa's what is Elsa's story? I mean, what... Everybody views her as the villain. Mm-hmm. She's mm-hmm. misunderstood. And how does she sort of uh, come into her own? What's what's the hero arc of that story? Acceptance. Mm-hmm. You have to learn about yourself first. Mm, yeah. And not be ashamed to hide yourself. Right, right. Let you, it go. You have to <laughs> let it go. <laughs> Just got to oh. let it go. Yeah. You be able to express you have yourself. To, you have to look into your heart, right? Mm-hmm. And you have to decide what you want to be. And, and you have to do that no matter what anybody says. You have to, you, you shouldn't conceal it, right? You should reveal don't, it. You, yeah. you should you should just conceal, let it go. Conceal, don't reveal. Yeah, I've been told to conceal and not feel, but I should just let it go. So, I mean, here's a here's a cultural movie, and, yeah. and not just Frozen. I mean, turn on any any movie, and that that's a lot of them. That's the premise. Uh, and I'll pick on the a lot of the Disney sort of princess-type movies. You know, they're they're about sort of becoming yourself, right? And looking down and and no matter what anybody says, I'm going to be true to myself. Yeah. Um, you know, and it true it, to you, myself is a good song, though. Yeah. Or true to yourself. True to your heart. True to your heart. There true you to go. your heart. There like, you go. This is not right. Wasn't that by Survivor right. in the Rocky Four movie? No, I think it's a. Am I getting that wrong? I don't know, but, it's not true but to your heart? we really true need your, a hero. True to your heart is <laughs> what ninety eight uh, degrees. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> mm. But I, I mean, it go in sync. A, a lot of a lot of the movies where someone sacrificed mm-hmm. to uh, to help their community, but this is sort of like, well, the community has to put it on hold so that I can become who I am, right? And I, you know, and then I'll be truly happy. Well, and that's a good. That's a perfect example of subjective truth. Yep. That. Uh, Elsa's truth is not Anna's truth. Right. Well, isn't that the same premise of Moana? Uh, She has to, I mean, she saves the day, right? By, but she goes against dad's wishes and, and, you know, I have to, no matter what anybody says, go and find myself. Right. So, right. So a lot of this, um, you started with what's right or wrong. Yeah. And so is there an objective right or wrong that's outside of ourselves? Um, Whereas a lot of culture says today, right or wrong is inside you. You just got to dig down and find it. And the point that that I think... What scares the heck out of me is I've looked inside, deep down inside. I don't like it. Yeah. No, I think think our culture has chosen certain values that come out of Christianity. Mm -hmm. Keep the value and get rid of God. So you get rid of the objective truth, but you like the idea of freedom you like the idea of individual value. And so those become what's most important. Uh, and and what is the meaning of life? Uh, the meaning of life is not to be in relationship with God, to love God and to love your neighbor, which is what Christianity teaches. 
if there is no God and the only truth is subjective, my thoughts and feelings being fully actualized, then what is the meaning of life? It's to be happy. And if I'm not happy, then something is going wrong. That that's where we, we get individual dissonance. It's why it's why you could you can make an argument that through Christianity it leads us to want to be a community and a, a, a culture of life. Whereas without Christianity, we become a culture of death, which is what Rome was prior to Christianity. Um, where truth is in the eye of the beholder, there is nothing except what we see. And so if there's nothing other than what we see, then the whole purpose of life is to be happy. And that happiness is whatever you desire it to be. And the ethical part of it is, and this is where we, we take those values of but, life, But the funny thing is, happiness. where do you find that happiness? Like, well, you don't. Where do you define that happiness? Right. If happy, happiness as an idea is, is um, that the point of life, going back to Greek philosophy, is to maximize your pleasure and minimize your suffering. Eat, That's, drink, and be merry. Eat, drink, and be merry. Um, but if you don't have anything grounded, the anchor you were talking about, mm-hmm. like the idea that, that uh, there is an absolute truth and it's God and God loves you and God loves all of creation and God sets up boundaries like you shall not kill because God loves your neighbor, so he puts limits on you, but he loves you, so he puts limits on your neighbor. If you don't have that, then the only thing that really matters is your subjective truth being actualized and you being happy. And if you don't feel like your truth is being actualized and you don't feel like you're being happy, then you enter into a state of hopelessness. And much of our entertainment, much of our media, is really about how to learn to cope with hopelessness. Either to cope with hopelessness or media that will give us an escape from the hopelessness that we have. Uh, in in reaction to that, uh, uh, podcast listeners, I've now stepped onto my soapbox, um, <laughs> uh, just so that that you at home can't see that. Um, like action movies, okay? Uh, for a long time, action movies had a bad guy and a good guy, and and even so much going back to the westerns, you could tell who they were because the the bad guy was dressed in black and the white, and the good guy was dressed in white. Whether that's racial or not, I don't know, but it made it super clear right. uh, about you know uh, who was good and who was bad in that situation. And even so much so that the Star Wars movies, now I'm referring to Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi, right? Yeah. The Star Wars movies. Yeah. Um, it's implied. We talk, knew what you were talking about. cheeks there. Yes. <laughs> Very clear, uh, good and bad. And what happens, uh, now if you take the entire trilogy as a as an arc, what happens in it? Because two is a little bit of an exception. But mm-hmm. um, good wins. Mm-hmm. And we root for that, right? Somewhere deep down in our soul, we're like, yeah, good wins. Um, and now you watch some movies and you're like, did good actually win at the end? It's kind of gray. I'm not really sure. I mean, you know, you, movie makers are like, oh, I'm just bored with the good guy always winning. And so it's not arty enough to do that. And, right. um, and, and I think we've lost our sense of, of you know, good should win. Right. And and it falls right into that. Uh, well, maybe it's not always clear that that there's good and bad. Right. And and it, we start to drift. Right. And you get a lot of movies that just come off feeling gray. Yes. And music and and shows and yeah. all that stuff. And it's I mean it it is what it is. Art reflects 
where a culture is at its time. I mean, you can learn more about the culture at the time than you can about... Right, but it also influences culture. So that's the tricky bit. It's a reflection, but it also... It can be a leading indicator as well. Well, and and we, as you mentioned earlier, and I, I think your point on on this, we are highly suggestible beings, mm-hmm. and you hear something enough, it whether you realize it or not, you're you're amalgamating it, you're taking it into your worldview. So if you get told something enough, let it go. It's just the way it is. You got you got to can't you gotta hold conceal. it back anymore. You can't. <laughs> you're welcome. Anywho, <laughs> well, and so I think I think the point coming across is that uh, how do we know what's right or wrong? From what we've been taught, we get a sense of what is right or wrong. Um, for Christians, that is defined by God's word. That is defined by God's expectations for his people, which is is to love God and love your neighbor. And Figuring out right and wrong is often trying to di- discover how to do that. Um, to push back against the wrong, to resist the wrong, and to engage in, in the right the right service to your neighbor. You know what, what's, uh, uh, as you talk about what's right or wrong, I realize we're still on question one of your <laughs> of your outline here. but well, We're not yeah, going through all ten. I was going to get a ten-point series. This is meant for ten episodes. Okay. <laughs> so we're, we're still, viewers, we're still doing good. Listeners? <laughs> We're still doing good. Um, no, I was just thinking uh, you were talking about right or wrong, and um, uh, uh, one of the uh, the books I was reading, uh, he said um, um, that people that there's a narrative now that that people say that only I have the right to decide what's what's truth for me, right or wrong, as you were talking about, right? Uh, but often you hear that expressed as um, I have no right to tell anyone else what they should believe. Correct. Um, and I, you hear that a lot, which, um, or, uh, you, or we generally like not just myself, but like everybody has no right to tell anyone else what to believe, which is actually telling them what to believe. It's yeah. sort of self-contradictory. Right. Right. Um, but yes, uh, you know, the, the loss of external truth is, uh, you raise up those moorings and wh- where's it going to go? It you can raise go- up that anchor and, and where's it going to go? Well, and you can see it. You can see it in the culture, especially if you've lived more than 20 years, you'll have seen it. Um, The culture will shift, and it'll shift because the worldview has shifted in some way. Mm -hmm. So, So, what do you think, Dana? How do you know what's right or wrong? If I feel guilty about it afterwards. (laughs) There we go. All right. Mm. Well, and that's the eleventh commandment. In, the internal <laughs> Christian guilt. internal mo- motivator. The if the first ten don't get you, the eleventh will always get you, and it is what would the neighbors think? Yep. The guilt factor. <laughs> what would my mom say? <laughs> oh no. Anyone who's grown up in a small town, and I wouldn't say Fargo fits in here, I mean a small town like Mayville <clears throat> or Cooperstown. <laughs> uh what would the neighbors think is probably more uh, of a function on youth than any of the other commandments are. Uh, yeah. Keep you in line. Because everybody knows everybody's business. That's right. Mm-hmm. And if they don't, they're going to find out real soon. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yep. yep. All right. Well, is that good enough for today? Do you yeah. Have should we, you want to cover? Should we spoil uh, there's one a, more spoiler point. alert for well, there's, week? There's one more point that I, I want to come across here. Okay. And, and it's important to note that Han shot first. Uh, that's just all I'm saying. <laughs> 
So he's not the good guy? He's a scoundrel. He's a scoundrel. Oh. He's a scoundrel. With a heart of gold. the morally gray area? <laughs> he, uh, well, you know, he does he's have a redemption a, story. He does have a character arc, yes, a redemption story. Which is he moves one from one place to the other. about the fan fiction of 7, 8, and 9. Yeah, we won't go there. We're going to have to have a whole little mini-series called just Gray Area. <laughs> the, the whole mini-series is, is DJ and Mark Grump yeah. about Star Wars. <laughs> I feel like we should That's yeah, have like a subsection of like a podcast of you two just going on Star Wars. I like Mandalorian. <laughs> it's very good. Mm-hmm. It's very good. How yep. do we feel? I about like Boba the Fett. Obi Wan coming I, up. I, well, uh, we so t- today we're recording this as of May twelfth, and I believe it's the twenty seventh, right? When Obi Wan comes out. Yep. Um, I actually like uh, Ewan McGregor as Obi Wan. I th- I think he portrayed that well, and Obi Wan is actually my favorite character. So we'll see. Is he not everybody's favorite character? I feel like that should just be. He's I, he's just the best Jedi outside of Yoda, so. Yeah. <laughs> Agree oh to disagree. man, <laughs> we found a point of. Uh, <laughs> has not the book of Boba Fett shown us how awesome Luke Skywalker can be as a CGI character? Oh. Come on. You know, uh, my wife wants Sebastian Stan to be cast as Obi Wan or as uh, Luke mm. Skywalker instead of doing the CGI stuff. So. Oh, nice. Yeah. So the, the mean, ladies here are nodding. So yep. they're like, we, we'd be okay with that. that. I'd be fine. He's cool. <laughs> yeah. He's hunky. We like him. Do people still say hunky? No. No. Well, I'm, 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 <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> more important question. Did anyone ever say hunky? <laughs> <laughs> speaking you of old words. Now. Speaking of old words that I want to bring back. Let's just say he's rad. Oh, he's rad. <laughs> this earlier. Yes. This great word from the 80s that never needs a good, good return. Oh, man. That is uh, that is radical, man. No, it's too much. Just rad. <laughs> Just rad. <laughs> what do we have coming up? <laughs> what's, what's the next yep. question we're going to tackle? Well, you know what, everybody? Thanks for joining us on this episode of That Podcast. Um, if you would like to uh, tune into our podcast or find out more stuff, um, where do we go? Ryan does this so seamlessly. Uh, uh, you can go I to Facebook. Yep. You can go to YouTube. YouTube. Uh, YouTube. You can go to thatpodcast.net and where you can find all of uh, all the previous recordings of that podcast. You can also connect with us in worship every Sunday here at Atonement in Fargo, uh, 9 and 1030 uh, on site, uh, as well as online at youtube.com at, um, uh, what's our website? At uh, atonement.live, atonementfargo.org. So There's just easier. lots of places. There's yeah. lots of places. Yeah. Just type in Atonement Fargo I love how on I don't Google say and you'll, anything. you should get it all. That's yes, right. exactly. <laughs> it's literally my job to know this. And I'm like, ah, you're doing fine. <laughs> you're doing great. <laughs> it's okay. Keep better, going. Better you than me. <laughs> all of the things you mentioned, Dana yep. manages. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. You can just find us. Drive here. We'll, yeah. we'll, punch, we'll, open, we'll hand you your phone and we'll type it in for you. That's right. Whatever it needs to be done. You could subscribe to us at all places that you find your podcasts. Mm-hmm. They always say that too on these podcasts. Like and type subscribe, things. like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Wherever you get your podcasts. Yes. Yes. Mash that like button because <laughs> it helps us in the algorithm. That's all I know. <laughs> I do know from It helps experience. people find this excellent content. Absolutely. Because it's, it's riveting content. It's, oh, it's, what was the. Uh, oh, my new word? Yep. Oh, we'll get there. Okay. We'll get there. That's the closer. We but I was, I was going to say that. Um, uh, I know from personal experience that that podcast is on Spotify. It's yeah. on Apple Music. Mm. It's yep. on YouTube. Yep. And it's on Chrome something or other. I can't remember. Google what. Play. Thank uh. you. Yep. Google Podcasts or it's on Google. Or Chromecast or something like that. 
Wait, no, that's something else. That's yeah, a TV that's, service. That's, I was like, that's not, not going to help you. Go look for it. You might be able to find us. I don't know. So anyway. It's uh, on Google Maps. You just <laughs> search for it there. Tomat Fargo. It's on Apple Maps, too. Yep. So before we wrap this up, I'm going to ask uh, our our wonderful pastor, uh, Mark Soljum, here to close us in prayer. Ah. Um, I was like, who's he talking about? Oh, okay. That's me. That's me. Sure, not me. <laughs> hey, Heavenly Father, thank you for, so much for this time of discussion, Lord. Uh, I thank you especially that you have given us um, an anchor to hold on to, that you have given us boundaries, guidelines, that you have uh, given us uh, ways to live in this world, truth that we can latch onto um, that will create a better culture, uh, something that you want for us, Lord. You've taught us how to treat one another, how to respect one another, Lord, and we thank you for that information, that the law that you have given us, that's a gift. But more importantly, we thank you um, that even though we can't live up to that law all the time, you have given us a redeemer, uh, that you have come, you have died for us, and you have... Uh, raised to life. And so we too will celebrate uh, and be raised to life if we trust in you, if we believe in you. And we thank you so much for those, um, for those hope, that truth in life. And uh, Lord, we pray that whoever is listening might know that truth, that they may trust, come to trust in you. That, uh, that the Bible says, wherever our heart is, there will be our treasure. And so Lord, we put our treasure in you. These things we Pray in the holy name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. And thank you, everybody, for joining us. Um, on behalf of uh, Sarah DeYoung, Dana Mashevsky, uh, Pastor Mark Soljum, I'm Pastor DJ Lura, and this has been another unputdownable episode. Ooh, I like that. I like that, too. Yeah, that's really riveting. That's a 13th it's a synonym, letter. It's a yeah. synonym of riveting. I looked yeah. it up. Oh, there's also, that how you did, I Googled it. I thesaurus that. There's also, there's also another Can you make that into a verb? episode. <laughs> You know my theory that, that I thought it was a all, verb, unputdownable. Unputdownable. You know my theory that uh, that all words are made up. Yeah. So why shouldn't I make uh, up a couple? Conclude, uh, continue that. You know, being part of the tradition. Yeah, we should. All right. God bless you, my friends. Till I'm not, playing the outro music. Go there. <laughs>